Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vadabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. I got to show you something, Kenton. I went to Tim's before uh-huh. uh, the uh, we started recording, and uh-huh. I picked up a little treat for later. What is it? It's something you can't have because you can't eat sugar. Yeah. It's a spooky spider oh. donut. Oh, his eye fell off. Uh, it is. Uh, are you going to spook- tweet a picture of this? Yes, today? I'll send a picture. But his eye fell off, so now he's like a half-dead spooky spider. It appears donut. to be uh, a maple donut. That's right. With, it's like uh, the least popular donut ever. They have to get oh, rid I of like them. Oh, I like maple. Oh god, they're awful. Oh, I, I'm a I'm a fan of maple. But they <laughs> they uh, and then they've drawn icing legs, and in the middle is a Timbit, or, 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 what, called, what, or a Robin's egg, as I call it. Actually, and, our, uh, our American friends would call it a donut hole. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a little. It's a little. Little round thing that comes out of the middle of the donut. Although I, I don't think it really does anymore, but they'd make these. Anyway. And I would call their president a different kind of hole. <laughs> but that is a hole. And actually, that kind that actually looks like Donald Trump's butthole. There you go. Is what this uh, dessert looks <laughs> That's like. That's what they should have deemed it. Yeah. That would have Donald more. Trump's butthole. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That would go viral. Uh, probably. Yeah. Anyway, it is uh, uh, <laughs> just a few days away from Halloween, and uh, I've been celebrating this uh, spooky month all month. I've been watching horror films. Mm-hmm. I've challenged myself to watch uh, 31 horror films in 31 days, and I am on track. Uh, we are going to talk about that in a few minutes, but before we do, let's get into the nerd news. Nerd news. been an eventful week well eventful few weeks here in canada and winnipeg wouldn't you say what are you referring well to? <laughs> like, let's start let's start with the uh legalization of me- uh, recreational marijuana yeah canada wide bit about a week and a half since that happened and no one's talking about it anymore well, funny no. how that happened <laughs> i was gonna say the country hasn't quite shut down yet it's not like we haven't all gone to hell. We're not all like stuck in our living rooms, stoned out of our minds. It's pretty much business as usual. It's also like, what What if you had some giant news that you built up to, and then when we got to that news, nothing happened? That's right. That's I saw, it's a classic I, nothing happened today scenario. I saw one PR person on Twitter joke around saying, I wonder how many people saved up some bad news to release today uh, to be overshadowed by the legalization of pot, because that day was a big deal. Everybody was talking about it that day. My my non-favorite story of the day was one lone male waiting for door to open at cannabis shop did not wish to be interviewed. That's my favorite. And then even in the photo, his face is he's covered his face he's with got his a hoodie hand. on. Yeah. yeah, like wonderful. Just let me buy my, my weed, yeah. man. What are you doing? Wow, what <laughs> what hard hitting reporting. Um, anyway, the reason I bring it up is because uh, one aspect of it that people may not realize, especially people who do not, do not live in Canada, is uh, the level of advertising that we've been uh, bombarded with. I'm sure it's happening in other provinces. Anybody who lives out of Manitoba, let me know. But I'm sure it's happening elsewhere. We have, for the last few months, been just uh, deluged with out-of-home out television, um, all kinds of different ads telling us about the dangers of cannabis and warning us about all these things that it's it, like it's and they're all government ads pretty much like I think it's a big campaign uh, by the government hands on the guidelines the federal government regulates the guidelines for advertising cannabis and essentially you can't like you like you can't like the pro you can't you're allowed a sign in a store that nobody can see through the window minors because if anyone can see through the window then minors can right and uh, you're allowed to say this here's I guess the weight Here's how much it is, and this is the brand. That's it. Okay. There's no creative. Like, so I, I, I could, it's no, not but, even a good advertising. Assignment. I mean, but, 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 uh, the, but the anti, <laughs> hey, knock yourself out. You can, you can advertise those day and night. Yeah. And that's kind of, in, in a way, it's almost advertising for the cannabis right. stores because uh, it's letting people know that, hey, this is legal now. Um, but in one, one campaign in particular, I've kind of uh, taken some interest in, and that is from the Winnipeg Police Service. 
theirs is I seem to see it only on Twitter, but I'm sure it's across other other platforms as well. And it started a bit of a debate on Twitter on the day. Uh, uh, I believe it was the Mark CMP or Winnipeg Police. Somebody made the first arrest with with this new law. Also comes into effect uh, new laws surrounding the um, the consequences for smoking marijuana and or consuming marijuana and driving. Mm-hmm. Right, which is was always illegal, but now there are new penalties in place, new fines and that kind of stuff. So somebody issued a ticket, and like in the middle of the night, it was like two or three in the morning. They said early morning, which always means in the middle of the night. And it was actually the ticket was actually issued before uh, pot was on sale anywhere in Winnipeg. So it was like somebody who just gotten weed the old fashioned way from a drug dealer and then smoked it and went driving. So they gave him a ticket, and then the police decided to use this as an example of know your role. That was that's their tagline. It's no hashtag know your role. Right, spell role. L R O L E role, as in somebody's role. Yeah, but I thought like it was a play on role your joint. <laughs> that's a, that that would be do, better. They didn't even bother. No, no, they didn't. Oh, I, uh, thought, I just assumed that's that was the hilarious. But reminder. the uh, the controversy is that uh, that sounds that tagline. What does that mean to you? Know your role. What do you know that from? Well, clearly it meant roll your joint because <laughs> that's how I took it. I thought it was a play on. Those and the words. global and the global mail, in fact, did publish instructions on how to roll a joint that day as well. Yeah, so did New Brunswick. <laughs> right. uh, New Brunswick uh, website, I think, shows you how to do it. Um, so anyway, the the uh, anyway the the police are trying to tell people the the full line is know your role and or or face the consequences. So it's kind of almost a fear mongering campaign, saying hey. It's legal, but it's not legal everywhere. So know your role. Step in line. Don't smoke. It's I don't. I just think it's the wrong message to send out. Well, yesterday, uh, Kara Litwin came to talk to the kids, and she works at MPI, Manitoba Public Insurance. For the they, folks they've, who don't been, know. they've been advertising yeah. um, anti-smoking and, and uh, driving, particularly. Right, they, and she they, was they saying this guy in the drive-through ad where he's stoned in the drive-through, which is hilarious. Hi, can I take your order? Hello. Oh, hey. Wait, what was the question? Let me guess. One driving high combo, extra baked? No. Uh, could I get a burger with a side of fries? She was saying her job has changed uh, immeasurably since these guidelines have come in. Just because nobody, no one does know their role. Because, because I guess not. And she, she, you know, she basically said just, seriously, just don't get in a car. When you're done doing that, like, well, you basically, can be a passenger, like, though. Can yeah, you be yes. a passenger? Yeah, but probably your friends are high too. <laughs> so you got to be careful. You have to have a designated driver just right. like you were drinking, right? So, right. But there is no, and even I tried to sort of nail it down and say, like, okay, so how long after smoking can you do it? And she's like, you know, it's different for everyone, unfortunately. Mm. And that's the big problem. It's different for everyone, depending on everything. And apparently, it has to do with, of course, body size and if you've smoked it before oh tolerance yes yeah. absolutely she says when the edibles come in that's a whole other ball game and, and in um, a year they come in and uh so what they're doing what police are doing i think are just doing kind of a sobriety test where they make you walk the line and touch your nose and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that's they're, they're not doing any kind of breathalyzer because you can't for marijuana well, but there, she said there is a thing that they can test your blood like there's a there is a thing that can do it but i think right now there might be only one <laughs> In the province, I, I, she didn't say that, but I think I saw that on uh, on the oh, news. Okay, I, I might be wrong on that, but there is I I know there's there a way is to a test. there is a way to test. But the issue was the the cops maybe don't have as much of that as they need. Of course, yeah. Um, anyway, I just thought it was an interesting uh, campaign and uh, just an interesting time to be a Canadian. I thought I'd let our uh, non-Canadian listeners have a have a sense of what it's like here to be. I, and I'm sure it's worse in the states as far as like political ads. Because uh, their their midterms mm-hmm. are coming up and they have to be. I love to have somebody like send me a recording of a commercial break 
during a television show. I'm sure every single ad is a political attack ad against somebody. Uh, and and uh, it's just ridiculous. Um, and that kind of gets into our next story in the near news, which was we had an election this week. Although, uh, based on the turnout numbers, it's like we didn't have an election. Well, it's like yeah. a, a, what, a fifth of the city elected voted or something? It's a, a quarter of the it's city? It's embarrassing. It's like 200, oh. under 750,000 people, 200,000 people voted. And wasn't it also something like only 17% in Brandon? Of, oh, of I didn't eligible? know. Well, I saw um, something about that. Somebody told me, somebody know who lives in Brandon told me that a lot of their candidates for councillor were won by Acclimate. So there were not a lot of like actual decisions to be made. I had people... one. I had one decision to be made like that where there was no decision. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, but the, the story about the couple of stories come out of the uh, the election. Of course, uh, the big question on everyone's minds, so big that they made it a separate question on the on the ballot. It was a plebiscite asking people, should we open up Portage in Maine, which is our famous corner here in Winnipeg? Um, it's been closed to pedestrians for 40 years, something like that. It's suppo- supposedly the windiest and coldest corner in all of Canada. It, and all of North America, I think. I think it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a pretty big, and, and it is fairly well known. When I talk to people from out of the country who heard Winnipeg, they know what Portage in Maine is. So. Uh, Mark Marin mentioned it on his podcast right. and said when he was here, somebody brought him down there so he could experience it for himself. And, and it was pretty damn cold. It is. Yeah. And there's nothing there. In winter, mid- middle of winter, we should <laughs> clarify. But it is in the middle of winter. You're, you'll freeze your ass off there. But there's no nothing there because there are big concrete barriers com- preventing pedestrians from crossing. And that's been like that for a long time. And there was a big push in the city for, uh, for from a group called Vote Open Winnipeg who really wanted to see this be open, tear the concrete barriers down, make it open to pedestrians. And they were hoping that that would help um, bring more people downtown, have more gatherings, just kind of revitalize the downtown area, mm-hmm. which people have been trying to do for decades. And the city voted uh, no. They don't want it open overwhelmingly. The people voted that, Sorry, yeah. the people, yes, of Winnipeg, the 200,000 people who voted, 65% of them said no. And when it broke down, uh, for I saw a map uh, uh, that's been making its way around social media, and the map shows all the yes votes are concentrated in the center It's of my the neighborhood. It's my neighborhood. <laughs> I was like, no wonder I thought everyone was voting yes. Yeah, yeah. Because so- everyone I knew... From that part of town and my Twitter feed, I might add, yeah. voting yes. And well, everybody, I, I didn't know anybody who was voting no, but apparently people yeah. where I live in Transcona were all voting no because there was a very high concentration of no votes. So that was one thing. So the, so the, the intersection will remain closed for now anyway. Um, but the other thing, of course, is that uh, as far as media goes, is that our local public broadcaster, CBC, the Canadian Broadcast Corporation, did not air the election results on television. This was a decision that came down uh, from Toronto, from the national office. Uh, it also happened in, I think, Ottawa, somewhere in Ontario, who also had municipal elections this year, uh, this week. Mm-hmm. They aired Murdoch Mysteries instead, yeah. of, <laughs> instead of the results. By Here, the way, that's Canada's favorite show after Arctic Air. <laughs> We have lots of shows about crime fighters fighting in the mean streets of Toronto, and we have lots of shows about things getting lifted from rocks. It's like the mean streets of Toronto from like a hundred and something years ago, though. It's like a it's like a period piece, Murdoch Mysteries. It's like the Canadian Sherlock Holmes is what it is. Right. Um, so anyway, it's like uh, but it, Murdoch. It, I'm gonna I'll teach you a lesson, Murdoch. Like that's how every show starts, um, and then in the end, Murdoch gets the last. last. It's like Barnaby Jones for Canadians. That's go. what it is. Yeah. Um. So they uh. So they air that here in Winnipeg. They air the Great Canadian Bake Off, uh, which is not a show anybody is I know. Cannabis? Wants. That show? That's right. That's right. That's exactly. That's brand new. Um. So so it was somewhat controversial. People were upset about it. I thought I was upset. I thought this is this is our public broadcaster. 
I could understand if someone like CTV or Global decided not to air it in favor of Survivor or uh, a really popular show that, that would really help them out in the ratings. But no, both Global and CTV did full two-hour specials on it. They were on with the election results. That was what they did. And and CBC, which is the one we pay for with our tax dollars, does not. They say they, they had the national thing was they had uh, obligations to advertisers. They're not even supposed to have advertisers. This is a publicly funded company. So what do you, like? What is your take on that? What do you think about the, them not broadcasting? Do you care? It's, well, I mean, uh, I watched the CTV broadcast and I was like, yeah, that's a local broadcast <laughs> well, I'm watching. Yeah. You know, like uh, – and I, I know that okay, but that's not part of the CBC's mandate. Like they, there and they. But to be fair, they did do it on. They did a Facebook Live, and uh, they're I think on Twitter as well. Like they did live stream everything. Right. They did treat it like it was a television broadcast, but it was only available on Twitter and Facebook and probably Instagram, um, and not available on the TV. So mm-hmm. like someone like my grandparents' age would not be able to figure that out, and they would not. They would probably watch CTV or Global. They would go to wherever it was. Well, that's what I did. Yeah, but, exactly. But- but would you have gone to CBC if you had the choice? I, I, yes, I would have looked at both. Yeah. But I, I don't know where I would have landed. The problem with, with, with what you and I have to choose from is our former students uh, reporting the, the polling, right? Like, I, I mean, a lot of the people that were on air that day were our former students. And did some of that? our current students were, were doing that as well. Right. So. And so it's, it's probably good to not know where your reporters got made, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you look a little, little bit too much about how the sausage is made. I know a little too much uh, about it. Okay. But when you, but uh, you know, I do, I do like watching generally election returns. I kind of do like it. But this was decided so fast, so oh, quickly. It was pretty boring. I, I will, words, I will give them that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they've decided my writing, writing, and it's Sherry Rollins with two thousand votes. I was like, what? Like what? Two thousand votes? Yeah, it's crazy. And by the way, I when I went to the polling to to uh, vote, they gave me two two things to fill out by mistake. They gave me two <laughs> things, and I was like, "This is a shit show." But but when you look when you actually look at the number of people who showed up, had I actually filled out both, I could have really tipped the election. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing they do is they actually asked me. Um, because it was my first time voting in this riding, in this ward, because I just moved there last year, I had to fill out a bunch of paperwork, which I could have done beforehand, to be fair, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, and they, one of the things they ask, you have to take an oath, and then they say, have you voted in this election already? And I said, no, but I could have lied and said no, and I could have gone and voted somewhere else. Like, well, <laughs> I really could have done this. But who, like, <laughs> that is the Anthony Michael Hall joke from The Breakfast Club. <laughs> right, right. What do you have a fake ID for voting? For voting. And, it, and everybody laughs because it's like, <laughs> what a nerd. I don't know. I, I I don't think there's that many people running around no, town know. voting. I'm just joking. Yeah. Anyway, so that that was our our last few weeks here in Winnipeg. I know that maybe alienated a whole bunch of people who aren't from here, but a little, little look into the life of uh, of a Winnipegger. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and a Canadian. In some ways, it's kind of a welcome relief from uh, the polarized it, it American is, it stuff. Is. And we get right back into it in a few weeks with the midterms coming up. So what I'm going to say to yeah. the students, I sent all the first year students out to the campaign headquarters. <laughs> I saw um, they were tweeting. So they're yeah. tweeting a bunch of stuff, and then they've hopefully got some good audio because we're going to turn that into some audio pieces next week. But what I'm going to say to them is, by the way, watch the American uh, um, uh, midterms in, uh, in a couple weeks, in November 6th, I think it is, right? Yeah. So watch those and imagine what you saw happening like tenfold in, right. a, in an American campaign headquarters. They just do it up so much bigger. I was gonna, I wanted to mention one last thing about the election, and that is that same night, the Winnipeg Jets were playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, which in Canada is a national holiday. And <laughs> Was that uh, here or in Toronto? It was here. It okay. was here, and they had also opened up the, the new square, uh, the new True North Square, I think it's called. 
They right. also opened up. I'm not used to saying it, so I hope I got that right. But uh, but so they opened that up. So it was like a big deal happening here. And uh, then the Winnipeg Jets lost. But one of the things I noticed was our local guy who loves the Jets is Dancing Gabe, who is a very nice guy who shows up at all the Jets games and he dances uh, for, for decades now. For decades, new, yep. for and Bomber back, games. Back when it was the old Jets, he did it back in yeah. the nineties. Uh, yeah. Our football team is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. As funny as that sounds to people not from here, <laughs> that's really what they're called. And uh, and uh, so he always shows up at that. But I noticed something. Did you notice the same thing? Uh, he was at uh, Mayor Brian Bowman's headquarters. Given the choice between Jets versus Maple Leafs or being at our mayor basically continue, like getting reelected, which is like business as usual, he chose the mayor. Although, to be fair, he may have done both. It was, it, it, the mayor was right across well, the street. It was concurrently, though. I know, it was but happening he, at the he, same time. he may have gone to the mayor's uh, thing, which was right across the street of the Met. He may have like popped over there to say hi and then gone over to the game. I don't know. Interesting. Like I, I don't think he's ever missed a game. That, well, that's why. That's, that's why like, I don't think he would have done that. Where's um, the intrepid reporters seeking out the answer to that lingering question? One of one of our students took a photo of him with dancing Gabe, so that's not how I know he was at the. Uh, oh yeah, he was there. The campaign party, and, and it, when they well, as they're waiting for the mayor to announce to give his speech or whatever, all that you can see, like filling the cameras, the back, the hockey jersey, dancing Gabe <laughs> on the back. So I thought it was like a pretty smart uh, advertising. Or publicity, I guess, uh, ploy for uh, Dancing Gabe. Well done. Uh, good job, Dancing Gabe. Yeah, good job. Front and center. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about what I learned from watching 31 horror movies in 31 days on the Meaty Nerds podcast. Can I have a piece of toast? Get the fuck out of here, Jack. Thanks a lot. No, I can't take this. Am I asleep now, awake, or what? I realize I don't look so hot, David. But I thought you'd be glad to see me. David! You're hurting my feelings. Hurting your feelings? Has it occurred to you that it might be unsettling to see you rise from the grave to visit me? Sorry to be upsetting you, David. But I had to come. Aren't you supposed to be buried someplace in New York? Yeah. Your parents came to my funeral. I was surprised at how many people came. Why should you be surprised? You were a very well-liked person. Yeah, I was, wasn't I? Well, I liked you. Debbie Klein cried a lot. Oh, God. Am I asleep now or what? So I have been watching, and I did this on a whim. Uh, it was the 1st of October. I was I just kind of gotten into my uh, Amazon Prime subscription. I've been watching The Man in the High Castle. I just finished it up, and there have been a few Ooh. more days until season three was going to drop. So I just was scrolling through, and I happened to find, I was like, oh, so let's maybe watch a scary movie, see what's out there. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, I watched Wolf Cop, which was on- Wolf Am Cop. Wolf Cop. It's a, it's one a, word or two. One word. Okay. Uh, and uh, it was on um, Amazon Prime. It's a, it's not locally produced, but it was produced in Saskatchewan, which is our neighbor to the west. And many people, as far as I can tell, many people who work in film here in Winnipeg also worked on that film because it's so close. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I watched that. Great movie. I, I do rec did recommend it. And then I realized that it is October 1st, and I probably could. And I, I looked up the hashtag to see if other people were doing this, and many, many people do this all over the world. Watch 31 movies, horror movies, in 31 days uh, for the month of October because it is Halloween, and it is a scary month, and you celebrate that kind of stuff. And so I started doing it. I figured I could do it because most Halloween movies, most horror movies are about an hour and a half. There's not a ton of longer ones, although I did have to watch a few longer ones for this 
Um, and it's easy for me at the end of the day, instead of watching an episode of Better Call Saul, which I did end up catching up on because I knew it ended and I had to catch up on it. So good. It was very good. Yes. Um, so, uh, but in there, instead of watching that, I could watch uh, a scary movie before I went to bed every night. So I started doing that. And it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot about horror films. Um, how do you, what's your relationship with horror movies? Do you like them, not like them? I like quality horror film. Okay. Generally, I like the ones that are a little more fun. Okay. Like I saw that you watched uh, um, An American Werewolf in London. That was one of the ones, and, yes. I watched and that the banter. I love the banter in that one. It, <laughs> and I know I know there's dated elements. No, no, no. But I would <laughs> say it's not say. bad considering like if I'd seen this in the theater in 1981 yeah. when it was released, I would have been freaked out. It looked really good for what it was. And what surprised me most about that film was the comedy in it. It was hilarious the, at the, parts. The early goings in that film are really but even the, the uh, scene that I laughed out loud was the one where he wakes up after being a werewolf for the first night. He wakes up uh, in the zoo. Yeah. Uh, he, I guess somehow he gets thrown into the wolf pen in the zoo and he wakes up naked and he doesn't know where he is. And he has to make his way back to his girlfriend's apartment in London without any clothes. And it's hilarious because he's it's like right out of a cartoon. He's running from tree to tree, from bush to bush. He steals some kids balloons. There's all kinds of things in there. And it's so funny. And I like he meets with the people he's killed. Yes, that's, that's hilarious. Good too. That's very, good very stuff. funny. So that was one. And that was part of the reason why I wanted to do this is because there I have a love-hate relationship with horror movies. I do love them like you. I love quality horror movies, yeah. but there are not as many good ones out there as there should be. Yeah, I It's think, a very easy yeah, genre right. to screw up. Um, when it, they're good, they can be great, and when they're terrible, they're the absolute worst movies ever made. Exactly. That's probably it. Yeah, yeah and, and but even the bad ones can make money, which is why they still do it. So if you make a really bad horror movie, uh, put together a halfway decent trailer for it, and and you know release it in October and get some teenagers out to see it a couple of times, then you'll make your money back. We're talking about you, the nun. <laughs> I didn't see the nun, but that's yeah. I saw. I watched the trailer, <laughs> and at the beginning of the trailer, they go, "Make sure you watch this." Till the end of the trailer, like they're assuming you're, you're, you're you have such away. a low attention span, right. you can't even make it a minute. Yeah, and so you watch it, and uh, the nun turns her face, and it's a ghoul of some kind, and you're like, that is the cheesiest damn thing. And the fact that they tell you to wait for it because it's gonna be awesome makes it even worse. I um I watched the inspiration for that film. One of the films I watched. Oh, sorry, I should get, go back to uh, this challenge. I decided to watch 31 movies that I had not seen before. That was the key part of this for me because I pass on them so much. I, um, I'm like, I don't know. It looks really bad. I don't want to watch a crappy movie, so I don't watch it. And so there were a lot of films. Actually, there were a lot of films on this list that I'd never heard of before that I just discovered because people were recommending them to me. Uh, but some of these films were ones that I passed. I de definitely passed on because I thought they didn't look very good and they turned out to be good. So there are a few of those as well. And one of those was The Conjuring 2. I, I, um, which was the inspiration? That's where the nun character comes from. All right. Uh, uh, I saw the is first. That, is, is that related? Those movies? Or yes. It's same? like it's like the, the really? they're trying to create this conjuring shared universe. They did a couple of Annabelle movies. Mm -hmm. Annabelle was the doll in the first film. Remember the doll that uh, looks creepy. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I don't know either. Chucky? No. <laughs> no, no. I I, but I did watch a Chucky movie as well. Good, good. Um, but uh, yeah, Annabelle was uh, in the Conjuring universe. Um, the the first one I remember being pretty good. I liked it. I didn't. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of horror movie sequels to begin with. So they just put a big two, the Conjuring two. I'm like I don't know. I don't think I'm going to watch it. But I did watch it, and it turned out to be very good. It was one of my favorite films of the month so far. Um, but yeah, the nun comes out of that. The nun is actually scary in this one. The nun is kind of the the big bad in this in the Conjuring two. But this 
this one you're talking about is like the spin-off origin story of it. I had no and, idea and that that's what it was. That's what it is. And and that's what they're trying to, they're trying to market. So what as far as I can tell the Conjuring movies are good when it's a mainstream like Conjuring movie with the same <laughs> characters in it, but when it's like Annabelle or the Nun or a spin-off thing, it's pretty crappy. So um, and I like the fact we all know that we should really be scared of the priests, that's right. not the nun. That's right. That's right. That's right. They, they, <laughs> they, they chose poorly for a villain. They Now's did. the time if you're ever going to make one. The Chucky movie I watched was Cult of Chucky, which was filmed here in Winnipeg. I, I, I've seen it. I saw it when it was on TV. Okay. Just because I knew it was shot here. Well, what did you think of it? That's pretty bad. It is. It is. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give it this. It's got some really cool shots. Mm-hmm. Some of these shots are really well composed and these kind of cool slow motion looking ones. Like it looks like the director had a little bit of an artiste in him that he was allowed to get away with. I love that they took what we call the public safety building as this giant ugly building that's across the street from us here at the college. And it looks like I've always thought it looks like the evil layer of some supervillain. Um, and it, it's not being used. It used to be our, our police station for their main like mm-hmm. headquarters for the police. It's not being used as that anymore. It's just an empty building now. But for the last couple of years, films have come through there. There was one a couple of weeks ago filming in there. Yeah. Um, and I think, they, I know, I think they're not going to tear it down just because it's so valuable as a filming location. I think our college bought it, didn't it? Oh, didn't did they? It? I think we oh, did. Good. I think, I think, yeah. I we'll, think, be, we'll be working out of there next. Yeah, I'll be working out of the <laughs> evil geniuses' headquarters so before this, you know it. This building represents the uh, kind of institution that these uh, criminally insane people are, are being put in. Um, but just the exterior of it, uh, they made it look like it was in the middle of nowhere. With this, I'm sure it was a really expensive CGI shot of like the public safety building in the middle of a field. It's in the middle of downtown Winnipeg. It's, there's buildings everywhere. You can't get a shot like that here. But they somehow got rid of all those buildings and put it look, it look made it look like it was in the middle of nowhere. That was the premise. Anyway, I I did enjoy aspects of that film. I saw some great uh, local actors in that film, and uh, it was somewhat enjoyable for a Chucky movie. I'm not a fan of the Chucky franchise at all, so that was one of the ones I saw. Again. I hadn't seen it, watched it because I liked uh, I liked that it was shot in Winnipeg. We already mentioned American Werewolf in London, and I was going to comment on your Instagram. Did you know the lead actor, David Naughton, is the former Dr. Pepper spokesman? I did not know that, no. Like, if you, if you go back and look for the, I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud, that's that one oh, from the 80s. Cool. That is him singing and dancing. I don't up think he ever did anything else after this, either. I don't remember him for anything. And, and he is such a likable character in there, well, in, yeah. that, in that... Uh, in that film, does, I would you have can, expected. You can tell him. it's John Landis. It does have that same kind of Animal House yeah, feel. It sure does. It does feel like Animal House, and and uh, I uh, just like a Judd Apatow movie <laughs> has its banter. Yes. This has its own distinct banter. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, what else did I watch here? The one film I saw in the theater this month was the Halloween reboot. Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean your grandmother is Laurie Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Oh, you saw it! Absolutely, yeah. I went and saw it. Oh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll see it when it comes out. Um, so we went I mean, to see it at home. Uh, yeah, on, on demand. On, on demand. Yeah. So we did. Yeah, I'm, I knew it was coming out, and I was like, "Well, this is the big movie of the month," and it did very well at the box office. Something like seventy million at the box office opening weekend, which is incredible for that film. Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing in it. Um, I, I say, I, you know, many people are saying the same thing as I am, which is this is the best of the sequels, but that's not saying much because the sequels are pretty bad. They already uh, had it, Halloween H two O with Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> which. It 
people forget ever existed. They're like, this is the first time she's been in Halloween. No, since. no, no, no. Yeah, I know. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like people forgot. Yeah. yeah. So that one, uh, I I quite liked it. it. It did capture the same feel as the original. They used the same font and the titles and everything, and it really did feel a lot like the original Halloween. But in the end. Um, uh, Laurie Strode is like prepared for Michael to come back, and it's pretty interesting. It's like Home Alone, a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> I didn't think of that. That's right. It's yeah. like Home Alone, and, and uh, Michael Myers is Joe Pesci. <laughs> ah, oh, good. <laughs> he gets his scalp burned off. Oh, and I understand. Uh, well, the only thing I've read about the film, I don't know a lot about it. But I know that there's a couple podcasters who go to interview Michael Myers at the beginning. That's Are right. They like us. I love it. No, the do they more... look like us? That's what I all I yeah. wanted to know. I'm pretty sure it's kind of a, a takeoff on serial. Um, <laughs> it is. It's like very serious. Like he has, and, and I've already heard uh... one one joke about how they're not using their recorders properly. Oh, really? <laughs> they have these fancy looking. Oh, so they are. They are real podcasters. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So yeah, that that was. I thought that was hilarious. That podcaster link was pretty funny. Uh, and it's good. I would recommend. Yeah, wait till it comes out in demand. There's nothing you're not going to get anything out of seeing it in the theater. It was. It was in fact the kind of theater crowd that you hate, which oh. is a bunch of teenagers oh. making a bunch of noise. Like literally, the woman behind me. And and that, that one of the things I loved about the movie is that. Just like in the first Halloween, you go, why are you doing that? You, you yell at your TV. Why are you going up those stairs? You know he's going to be up there. Like you, you get angry at the protagonist. Mm -hmm. And that in one part of the film, this girl runs into the woods. She gets away from Michael Myers, but runs into the woods. And this woman behind me is like, why are you doing that? Like she's just talking to the, t the movie screen. And I know that doesn't, you don't like that kind of stuff. So. Oh, no, I don't mind. I don't mind uh, like an emotional outburst of someone who's embroiled in the film. What I hate is like the unwanted narrator. Right. The one who's like, he's getting into a car. That's a 77 <laughs> duster. Like the person who's just like, oh, shut up. Like they just feel the need to just narrate the whole thing. That's what I don't like. But I, don't, I like, I like, a, I like one of the, one of my best memories of going to see a film is seeing Tootsie and the crowd just laughing so hard that you miss lines yes. because everyone's so into it and you're like no like that's that's a group of people into a film yeah, that, that was what it was that. like that was yeah. that was the case that's on, not uh, heckling for, that's that's good that's yeah. good when that happens um i uh i'll run down my my least favorite and favorite films of the ones yeah. i watched so far i have to say probably uh, what's my least favorite here I, I, I tried my best to watch good movies, but I did <laughs> on some nights I felt lazy. I felt like, oh, I don't feel like going through and looking for a bunch of fun. I'm just going to, like one night I just looked at the first thing I found on Netflix, and that was a film called Malevolent. Ooh. It's horrible. Don't oh, watch really? it. Oh, it's still bad. It's just awful. It sounds, uh, it sounds intriguing. Oh, of course it does, because they're trying to get you in with the, uh, where is this one now? I can't even see where I put it on my, I know I put it on the list. Oh, maybe I forgot it. Oh, no, there it is. Yeah, it's really bad. It's about these like uh, ghost hunters who are faking it. Like they mm -hmm. go around and pretend to get ghosts out of people's houses, and then they go into this house and there's really ghosts in there. Whoa, big surprise! Um, so that was pretty bad. Another one that wasn't great, but I liked it for some some that has some value is the uh, Clown Murders, which was a 1976 film starring John Candy. Um, this is probably the only film you'll ever see with John Candy in, uh, with a love scene. Uh, <laughs> He does get he does get it on with somebody in that film, and it thought it was pretty funny. I don't know if this predates SCTV oh. or not. Uh, it's pretty close to the beginning of SCTV. He's pretty young in this. What's the year? 1976. Oh, because he does get it on in Only the Lonely. 
which yeah. was one of his later films. That, uh, that's a, a sweet l- film. It's a little different, though. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is like having just ran. It actually it feels pretty random in the movie as well. There's no real reason for this girl to have sex with him. It doesn't <laughs> seem like there is. So um, anyway, is he, is he more like John Candy or like Johnny Larue in the scene? He's like John, he looks like John Candy. <laughs> um, but the uh, the premise of it is that these rich, um, kind of rich privilege. And the, the other thing about the film is the only one I've ever seen that opens up with a full polo match, like men on horses playing polo. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's like the first 10 minutes of the movie is this polo match. Um, but it's about these rich guys who want to get revenge on a, somebody else who stole the, the buddy's girl. And it's kind of this convoluted plot. And of the, like, it's called The Clown Murders. Uh, there's a total of two murders in it, and they happen right at the end. So that's, it's very, very slow moving. I found, of all the movies, I really enjoy the ones with a faster pace than those with a slower pace. I find that I just get into it better. Um, if you, well, they're aiming for suspense usually. Right, I know they are, but that's pace, so but... hard to do. And even Alfred Hitchcock, uh, I've seen like there's still some good Alfred Hitchcock films. Oh, absolutely. But there's absolutely ones that have not aged as well. Like The Birds is one that I actually think has not aged that well. Okay. Although it's often mentioned it is best film, it is absolutely not his best film because of that. I think the pacing's terrible yeah. in that film. Yeah, Psycho is good. Psycho is his best film. Oh, that is an incredible yeah. film. Yeah, I think that's and, wildly and, hailed. And it still one. holds up, and the surprise is still a surprise if you don't, you know. Has been spoiled for you. Yeah, it's a surprise. Uh, so, uh, I, I do think sometimes suspense can be suspenseful, and suspense can just be like absolutely torture if you're just like get to the point already. And it depends on the mastery of the filmmaker. I guess Jaws is the same. That's right. It's, it works fantastic, but uh, it's because of the mas- yeah, but mastery. Yeah, ha- of Steven Spielberg. You have to have you have to be invested in the characters in order for the the suspense to build. You have to really care about the characters and there's so many of these films and it's not really necessarily the actor's fault. Sometimes it's a bad script. Sometimes it's not good direction. Um, The one that I have here is uh, the other, the one I really hated was called The Vault, um, which again, it seems like a good premise to a film. It's about a bank. It's like about a bank robbery and the bank is haunted. Hey, what what could go wrong? What's what's wrong with that? And it turns out lots of stuff because it takes way too long to get going and even when the ghosts show up, it seems very hacky and Taking from other movies, and it didn't seem very original at all in the end. Um, and it features James, James Franco with a really bad mustache. Oh, it um, almost sounds like a Donald Duck premise. <laughs> that's right. That yes, grandpa that's right. is sitting on the fortune, and it's haunted. That's right. The money bin. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say that. So, yeah, pacing is so important. So the ones I really enjoyed, uh, um, the one that I thought was the, had the best, like it just gets you right into it, is uh, I'd never seen, I, I remember seeing the trailers, and I'd never watch it, but it was called Hush. Um, mm. That one was uh, it's a couple years old, uh, and it's filmed that just in the first ten minutes you're right into it. It's really, really, really cool, and I would definitely recommend that. It's about a girl who can't speak, obviously. Uh, it kind of goes with the title, but um, and it really uh, like it just draws you right in, and you're into the action. And again, it's an hour and a half. Like with an hour and a half in a movie, you don't have a ton of time. To establish things. So if you can get the action going early, that's always good. So I found that worked more often than not. The ones that dragged that I didn't like, uh, this one is getting critical acclaim. Uh, It just came out on, I guess it was available. I rented it on iTunes, um, but I guess it's available on on DVD today or this week, is Mandy, uh, starring Nicolas Cage. So what you gonna do with that thing? We're going hunting. So what you hunting? Crazy evil. You think you're so in love? I'll show you love. 
his newest film. It's like critics, film festivals, everybody loves it. I was like bored as hell. I just did not like it at all. Uh, just it, there's some cool scenes and the shots like very very artistic, but I was like, oh come on, just get to the point. Like it was just taking way too long to get there. So I think I think you're supposed to be like you know make a visit to the cannabis store before you watch this one. I think that would make that a lot better. I don't. You know, I didn't really enjoy it at all. This week I asked my students, what movie does this line come from? And I said, you look like my grandmother having a conniption fit. Do you know? Do you no, know I don't. That? Okay. That is Kiefer Sutherland and Stand By Me. Okay. And I, so I asked them. I said, uh, what, what movie is that from? And they're like, Nicolas Cage movie? <laughs> and I think it might be because of this. <laughs> well, he doesn't actually have a ton of lines. There's no, not oh, no, ton, he doesn't. There's not a ton of dialogue in this. And actually, I think his performance is very good. I just thought that it takes, like, there's shots that go on forever. And it's like, I, I get they're trying to set the mood and all this other stuff, but... It just took too long. So that was another one I didn't like. Is there anything else? I don't think anything so else. Do you, you have to watch these when the kids are, are, yeah. are asleep? Yeah. I, I mean, Tanya well. watched a few of them with me, but I mostly watched them um, after everyone's gone to bed. Uh, another one, The House on Haunted Hill, the original House on Haunted Hill. Oh, that's. Vincent Price. Yeah, I, I thought it was very yeah. interesting. It's one of those. Um, is it Frank? Ca no, Frank Castle's the Punisher. What's the guy's name? William Castle, the guy who used to put buzzers in theater seats and oh, had all yeah. these gimmicks. Like that's one of his productions. And and during like if you saw this in the theater, the big reveal, spoiler alert for a film that's like sixty or seventy years old, um, is that this big skeleton, this skeleton comes out of a closet literally and uh, and flies across the room and scares the crap out of people in the movie. If you were in the theater and saw that, then a glow in the dark skeleton would come and fly across the theater. At the same time, that's what he would Ooh. do. So that the kind of stuff is really cool. That sounds oh, amazing. Uh, this one, the Babadook. Have you seen the Babadook? I have. Okay, what was your? What did you think of it? It's good. I didn't like it at all. Oh, that was fine. I, I, that was like no. that. You know, I can I conjure up. I can I can I remember a few things about it, but uh, it's one of those you just sit back and a week later, what the hell was that about? Well, I that's don't know. exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't know what the hell it was about. So, I but did, I thought it was fine. I couldn't tell you what the Babadook is and and where it came. It he came comes from, out of a book or I know, something. But where does the book come from? Uh, I don't know Egypt. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're going to do the prequel, the Babadook Two. I saw that some time ago. I don't I, like when it first I, came out. A lot of these, actually, I'm sure a lot of these depend on what kind of mood you're in when you're watching them. And certainly, things uh, horror movies are very subjective. Like it depends on what you're scared of. Mm -hmm. So if you're scared of monsters and children's books, then you would really be scared of the Babadook. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but how many? You know, like there's lots of the I'm hiding under the bed shtick. Yeah. And I think Babadook has lots of that. That's it. it. That's yeah, exactly yeah. it. Yeah, that's why I didn't like it. Yeah, or I'm in the closet. I'm under the bed. I'm in the pantry. Like whatever, wherever the person's jump, opening a door. Yeah, jump scares. Right. Uh, the one that ter really terrified me. There was a couple that really got me. Uh, was one of them was called As Above, So Below. Uh, which is a found footage movie. It's the only found footage movie I've watched this month. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a huge fan of those. Other than the original Blair Witch, the other ones just seem kind of contrived to me. Like, who's finding the footage? You ever mm -hmm. wonder that? Like, okay, I understand that you have all this amazing handy cam footage of like a demon possession, but where where did you find this and why? You know, I, don't I know. do believe the sequel to Blair Witch answers the question <laughs> that nobody asked, <laughs> which was what? I, I, which is it's boring. Yeah. I, I think I think the second. Was the second one about the? I it, I can't remember now, but I 
All I remember is the first blur, which is we found the footage. The second one is we're the ones who found the footage or something. Oh, that's right. And it was just like, I, I think, is, am I wrong about that? I might. I, I think that, yeah. So I it was about a group that up, goes but. back to the cabin where the original people died or whatever. Um, and then, of course, there was another Blair Witch film, I think, yeah. last year or the year before that was really bad as well. So, But this movie, As Above, So Below, it's, it's framed as a documentary, so it works a little bit better in that respect. And it's actually about these people who go into the tunnels underneath Paris. Mm -hmm. There's this huge maze of tunnels under these catacombs underneath Paris. And there's people buried down there. Like, there's a, a tombs and stuff. And it's really freaky. And I'm pretty claustrophobic. So there are some parts of that that I was like, uh, I don't like this. I feel too, like it was just really freaking me out. So that one really got me. Uh, Hereditary, have you seen Hereditary? I have seen it, yeah. That was probably, I think that's the highest quality film I've seen all all month. It's definitely spooky. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, it hits close to home, literally close to home. <laughs> like Because basically, who should you be most scared of? And the answer is your own family. <laughs> I didn't really. Sort of. I didn't really take it that way, but I can see how that. Uh, I sure did. I took. <laughs> I took it as an indictment of everyone's family. Well, this family for sure. It's pretty freaky. But what I liked about it was that it was very good. That that's one that was very good at at building the suspense and drawing it out. And you spend most of the movie wondering what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm. You kind. Of, there are some big surprises in it and some big scares, and uh, it really does creep you out. And the end of it is just freaky. Like I would put that up there close to The Exorcist as one of the freakiest yeah. endings I've ever seen. Freaky and gross too yeah, and yeah, gross and yeah. and uh and some of your favorite actors won't make it through to the end that's all that's all you need to know uh let the right one in oh sorry let me in let me in um is an american remake of let the right one in uh let the right one in is a swedish film it's a vampire movie about uh, a little boy who befriends <laughs> A little girl turns out to be a vampire, and uh -oh. all this other, you know, and that's when the trouble begins. Exactly. Um, <laughs> this, this, the American remake. I didn't watch the foreign film. In fact, I have not watched any foreign films as part of this. I, I, I don't mean to be. I'm not one of those guys who doesn't like reading. I don't mind subtitles, but when it comes to scary movies, it does take me out of it a bit to have to read. Um, so I have not watched any, despite being tons of people are recommending, and I've seen, I've seen Juwan, and I've seen mm -hmm. different horror movies. And many people are recommending them to me, but I've not watched any foreign films. So I watched the American version of this called Let Me In, and it, it's very well done. And it, it it really it's not even that scary of a story. It's a it's a more of a friendship story, love story kind of. It takes place in 1983, and the setting is really good. They do a great job, like like Stranger Things quality of building that environment around them and that kind of stuff. Of course, there's the you know they have the Rubik's cube makes an appearance as, as in any movie. About the '80s, that was really a big deal, eh? The Rubik's cube. Well, it's a, it's it's the uh, it's the uh, international symbol for this movie takes place in the '80s. It, it yeah. is, yes. But I would also Pet say the <laughs> soundtrack of this film was very good, and you don't get the typical '80s songs that you usually hear. There's some some un. No, I mean they're known songs, but oh. they're not not as uh, as. Sounds interesting. Heard. So I I definitely would recommend that one. That was very good. Uh, and then the big surprises for me. Uh, came in the form of um, two films by um, a guy named Sean Byrne, who's an Australian filmmaker, and this one was actually, the first one was called uh, The Loved One. Can you go to the dance with me? I'm going with Holly. Guess who asked me to the dance? Tell me, who is she? I'll never tell. Love hurts. Pretty as a picture. recommended by our colleague Joanne who uh, who was uh, like the first day I posted about this on Instagram 
she was like, you have to see the loved ones. It's amazing. These images have stayed with me for years. Watch this film. I finally got around to it, and it is an Australian film, and it is very good. It is like really kind of twisted, and and but it's also very real, real, and and the characters are very well defined, and it just it was a great, very suspenseful, creepy movie on its own. Um, and based so this is and I looked up the director. His name is Sean Byrne. He directs TV ads in Australia. That's what he did up till this. This film was released in 2009. It got pretty good reviews and and acclaim at different festivals. But the only other full length feature film he's made is called The Devil's Candy. Hmm. The Devil's Candy is available on Netflix, so I watched it there. It's a movie that stars Ethan Embry. Do you know who that is? No. Ethan Embry is better known for Can't Hardly Wait and Empire Records, and he was kind of a, a teenage star and didn't – he had a brief moment of, like, famousness, and then he kind of burned out and nothing ever happened. Yeah, and I've mentioned before those films sort of got past me somehow. Okay. Of, of all the films in all the world – uh, those are ones I don't recall seeing, and if I maybe I did, but I just don't remember them. Um, yeah. I think I, I think you would enjoy Empire Records because it's about a music store. I added it to want uh, my watch list, yeah. as a matter of fact, and your recommendation just haven't got around it's, to it. And yet. it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's available anywhere unless you want to rent it on iTunes. No, um, yeah, I think, and that's where I have it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think um, I might do that. But this one, the uh, the Devil's Candy, it was really good. It was a it was kind of this film about um, uh, a guy who's influenced by Satan. Mm-hmm. We assume he hears voices in his head that sound like Satan. It sounds really creepy. And the cool thing is that this main character is a bit of a metal head. Like heavy metal music is a big part of this film. And I, you don't get that a lot. You don't hear mm-hmm. that type of music in movies. Uh, so, and it kind of goes back to the whole, like, you know, people used to think heavy metal was the music of the devil and all that stuff, right, in the 80s. So it kind of harkens back to that. Uh, and I really did enjoy that film. I thought probably it's my favorite one I've watched all month is The Devil's Candy uh, just because it was so much of a surprise. I wasn't really expecting anything out of it. It doesn't look good based on the cover art like you get on Netflix. And, of course, that was another story that broke this month about how Netflix is kind of targeting people based on their race. Did you hear that story? Yeah. So, so like, someone who sees an ad for that Kelsey Grammer, uh, Kirsten um, – what's her name? Kirsten – Dunst? Nope. The other Kirsten. <laughs> One from the, the Good Place. Oh, um – Oh my God! You know what I'm talking about. Hang on. Oh, you're gonna look yeah, it up. You, you you do your talking and let me look it up because it's gonna drive me. <laughs> anyway, free. It, so someone, so dumb that some, I can't think uh, of an African American family saw an ad for that film, which is about those two characters who are white, but the ad showed two very minor black characters, and they are saying they're being targeted with that image because they're black. So they, it makes it seem as though this film is about black people. And the guy is being quoted as saying, "I don't care about that. If you want to market black movies to me, that's fine. I'm black. I would enjoy that, but." Um, don't misrepresent a film to just to get some clicks. You know what I mean? Like show the film for what it is. Anyway, so uh, Kristen Bell, Kristen by the Bell, way, Kristen, yeah, Kristen, Kristen yes. Bell. Okay, jeez. So anyway, this one, uh, um, the Devil's Candy, the uh, the cover art does not look good on Netflix. However, I looked up the original poster, and that's what I posted on Twitter, and it's awesome. It's just this awesome metal horror movie, and I really, really liked it. So this last week, what I'm doing, and this is one of the main reasons why I decided to do films I've never seen before, is because there are a ton of movies that I've passed over or just not gotten around to to watching. Uh, American Werewolf in London is one of those. Uh, another one was Candyman, which I watched earlier in the month. But this last week of the um, challenge, I'm going to be dedicating to watching films that you're going to like, seriously, watch, follow this on, on Twitter and Instagram, and you're going to be like, how the hell have you not seen this? The last night I watched Return of the Living Dead, I'd never seen that movie. 
I love that movie. Okay, I, I worked at the town cinema when when it was playing. Never never watched it. Uh, I I just kind of got the feeling that it was not my thing. But now I'm I watch it. I'm like, yes, this is absolutely my thing. This is a great movie. So that's going to be the next week. So I'm going to be going through um, these different films that I've not seen, but I absolutely should have. And this is why I kind of decided to see movies that I've never seen before. Before we go, what is your favorite scary movie? Oh my god! You have That's like what comes to mind? Movie. You don't have to say favorite, but what comes to mind when you think about this, a scary movie that really scared you when you were a kid, or um, something that really has stayed with you? I remember a Wes Craven did a movie called The Serpent and the Rainbow. Ah, uh, yes. When I was a younger person, that particular one uh, scared everybody because it was voodoo and because it was being buried alive. And I still remember the. The person buried alive and the scratch, scratch, scratch on the on the yeah. fade to black, scratch, 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 Bill, scratch. Bill Pullman was in that one. Was he? Yeah, I went, remember going out to my friend's cabin. It was just me and my buddies and no parents when we were like sixteen or seventeen, and we just rented a bunch of horror movies that weekend. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the ones we watched was The Serpent in the Rain. Well, that one stands out, and I, I remember that was one of the first ones I saw it on VHS, and that was the first one where was like I didn't want to touch the VHS tape because I was pretty sure it was haunted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So how about you? What's your uh, favorite? Well, I would say uh, given uh, jumping off that experience, I think The Silence of the Lambs was that for me oh uh, yeah that, for that, sure. that one terrified me as i was I watched it by myself in the living room lights off just terrified um but my favorite horror movie uh is evil dead that that will always be i think that my favorite i know that uh, it does not hold up and there are all kinds of issues with it but i really do love the story behind the making of the film mm-hmm. and therefore i love the film and i love uh there's a lot of good in that movie so i really enjoy evil the original evil dead Do you have recommendations? Real fast. Sure. Uh, Gamora on Netflix, season one. An Italian <laughs> Sopranos. Not a, it's, it's not about the character from Guardians of the Galaxy? No. <laughs> she doesn't it, get her own. Gamora. Isn't that her name, Gamora? Ba- actually, I think it's based on an Italian novel. Oh, there you go. I'm not mistaken. Okay. And of Sodom and Gamora fame. Oh, that Gamora. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Gamora. Right. Um, and it is season one is on uh, Netflix and uh, – and I believe every season is on your Amazon uh, Amazon streaming. Prime. There you go. Yeah, and um, and it is The Sopranos, except it's in Italy, and it Ooh, is legit, endlessly legit Sopranos. Once you start watching it, it is it's harrowing and it's exciting and it is hardcore and it is fun. Cool. And 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 uh, if you like The Sopranos, this is pretty sweet, I would say. And I saw I first I saw a recommendation at the back of Q magazine. Every issue, their writers recommend music and movies, and that one is recommended there. And I'm glad it was because it's well worth seeing. There you go. And you, well, I would recommend if you're going to watch something on Netflix, definitely watch The Devil's Candy. That's going to be my recommendation. For out of all the films, I've watched them across many many platforms. If you want to see my full list of films I've watched this month and everything I've said about them, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Vadabonker V A D E B O N. C-O-E-U-R. I realize that I don't ever spell it, and it's very difficult to spell. So there you go. I've, I've posted. So what I've done is I posted on Instagram the night I'm watching it with an image, and then the next day I post on uh, Twitter my thoughts, and I give it a rating out of five. And so that you'll find that over on Twitter if you want to look at the other things I've watched this week. But certainly The Devil's Candy is what stands out to me as the most fun I've had watching a horror movie this month. Fantastic. All right. Happy Halloween, Kenton. And to you, too. And also with you. <laughs> as gonna, the nun says. I'm going to eat my spider donut now. Uh, that's gonna... Yeah, enjoy your uh, tr- Trump arsehole donut over there. <laughs> every bite will be a delight. This is, that's going to do it for this episode of the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass.